Luke chapter 2, verse 22 through 35. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer the sac- a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him before he had seen the Lord's Christ. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit to the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus... To do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what he said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Christmas, um, you know, we you see the lights, see the tree. Uh, some of us have our trees up. Some of us have thousands of lights on our house. I am not one of those people. We have a wreath. Anyway, um, but we are anticipating. We're, we're we're decorating. We are rejoicing in this and in Christmas, and it involves anticipation, which is eager expectation. And this is especially true for children. And yes, the reason for the season is Jesus. But what are also the kids excited about? Let's be honest. The presents, right? The presents, and 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 so we're we're wanting our these children, our children, the children that we're helping, these families we're helping. We want them to enjoy the Christmas, to identify Christmas with gifts, with rejoicing, with goodness, with with grace. And um, so I think there's a, a biblical, you know, uh, argument to be made for exchanging gifts on Christmas morning. But we have to keep the main thing, the main thing, and. Getting presents is fun. So, uh, you know, they're anticipating these presents. Let's be honest. Let's be real honest. Um, with, with most things under the tree, our joy in them is fleeting, isn't it? If you give a kid, you know, you, you, you painstakingly, if you're a parent, um, you know, you write that, that, that letter to Santa. And then, um, and then, you know, you see the kids open the presents and if you have little kids, it's often the case that they find more joy in the box than an actual gift, right? And for the older kids, you know, it's the case that they'll, that they'll enjoy it for about anywhere from 30 minutes to two days. It's the best thing ever. And then it's like, what's next? You know, I mean, it's true, right? I mean, you remember if you're, if you're older, you remember being a kid, you know, it, it was great that morning, it was great the next day, and then you're like, okay, what else, what else do I have? And, um, but, you know, it, it, that's just what happens. Uh, that expectation isn't quite met. Um, I, you know, one example of that would be uh, when my 
When I was little, my brother asked for a skateboard, and he got the skateboard. It was an awesome skateboard. It was red and black and had cool stuff. It was rad, okay? And uh, this is the 80s. You can say that. And, uh, and it was great, and it was a lot of fun, but we quickly realized there's a limit of how much fun you could have on a skateboard when you live on a gravel road. Good news, we were really good at staying on the board. But that's because it would go just a few inches before you had to, you know, like, but it was fun, you know, and I think we went other places, but it was fun to come out and like, oh yeah, this doesn't go. Uh, <laughs> we have to go somewhere else, and we did. But, so, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, presents are great, and, but, you know, they, law of diminishing returns, they kind of lose their sparkle in a day or two. Um, but, in the account we just read, what is expected not only meets but exceeds Simeon's expectations. So because he encounters what the long-awaited Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. And so that's really what we want. We want to reorient. What are we anticipating? What are we longing for? And we want to, we want to think about Christmas, the coming of Christ like Simeon. So here's the three points. Oh, what is, first, what's the occasion for, Simeon, for Simeon's Jesus encounter? What brings it about? Uh, second, what is Simeon's response at this encounter? And thirdly, um, what is your response to Jesus this time of year? Anytime. So first, what's the occasion for Simeon's Jesus encounter? Well, we see here, it's, it's kind of weird for us. We don't think in these terms, but it was a very normal uh, thing. Uh, it was the, the time for purification after the birth of a child. And you can go back to Leviticus 12, verse 8, uh, and, well, verses 3 through, um, through 8, and see this. Uh, on verse 3, it says, On the eighth day of the flesh, of, the flesh of the foreskin shall be circumcised. Then she, the mother, shall continue for 33 days in the blood of her purifying. She shall not touch anything holy nor come into the sanctuary until the days of her purifying were complete. In Leviticus 12, 8, if she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take two turtle doves two or two pigeons, one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering, and the priest shall make atonement for her and she shall be clean. And so this was a normal thing. If you, if you had a baby, uh, then the mother would be unclean. Again, if you go back and look at the scriptures, anytime there's blood involved, um, that there was a, a time of being unclean. And not to go in detail about birth. But there's there's a lot of there's blood involved, and so there was a, a time where you were could not go in the temple until you until these you know what you know eight days plus thirty three days forty one days you would bring this this um, this sacrifice, and so here are these parents coming doing a very normal thing. Another thing they're doing is actually um, and this mentioned here. Um, in verse 23, as it's written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. There's also a redemption fee paid for the firstborn son. So not only is this a t you know, what you do after a, a, the birth of a child, after the birth of a son, but there's a special sense in which you have to do this at the birth of the first son. Um, and you know, we're going to look into this in more detail uh, after the new, in the new year when we come back to Exodus 13. But Exodus 13, 1, through, 1 and 2 says, uh, Yahweh said to Moses, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. 
And, um, and so there's a sacrifice that's involved there as well. And so they're doing what normal um, Israelite, uh, Israel, you know, Jewish couple would do when a baby is born. And, uh, and so it's, a, it's a strange for us, but really this is mundane. This is just the normal practice. Uh, it's quite ordinary. And so what I want you to see first is that Simeon encounters them and in, in just kind of living the life of the believer, doing the mundane. They're probably one of many couples doing the same thing. And it's not, and, and there's, again, we notice from what they bring, their sacrifice, that it's the sacrifice of a poor couple. They're not even getting a lot of attention in the temple probably. It's not like, oh, look, oh, the, you know, this... This family has come in. Oh, you know they—they they weren't getting that. They were like, look at look at that lamb. Look at that. They're—they're <laughs> they're bringing in birds. So they're a poor family, but yet they're a faithful family, just doing the normal things. And so I want you to see, and this isn't the main point of the text, but Jesus enters in into the mundane. Simeon encounters Jesus in the normal, ordinary of life. Um, yes, Jesus enters into uh, the world and uh, he's, he's there in the lows and he's there in the highs, but he's also in the middle, in the in-between. And, and this is an important point. Um, he not only enters into the mundane of, of, of normal uh, life of Jews in Palestine under Roman rule, but he, he's, he's present in the mundane of your life and mine too. Have you ever... Have you ever not prayed for something because you feel like it's just it's just kind of normal stuff? Like, can I ask God to help? You know, I can thank Him for the really great things and, and for the really big problems, the big deep valleys of life. But do you sometimes go, "Well, this is I don't want to bother Him with this," but it's okay to go, Lord, help me get the kids out of the door this morning. Lord, help me to get up. Help, help me to be efficient in the work that you've given me to do today. Help me to, to love my spouse even when I don't feel like they deserve it. Help me to... Help me. Help me. Help me to actually listen to the sermon and not think about the grocery list. Who's thinking about the grocery list? Don't raise your hand. Anyway, uh, but like... It, it's just you know. You go, can I pray that? Yeah, because Jesus is, enters into the humdrum, ordinary of life, and that's where Simeon has this great encounter with Jesus. Second thing, what is the what, so? What's the occasion? It's this time of purification that everyone had to do. All the mothers had to do this, but also, um, what is Simeon's response at this encounter? That's probably the, the mo- most of our. Of the, our time today. So Simeon, yes, meets him in the mundane, but who is this Simeon guy? We don't know much about him. You know, we know he's important. We get his name. You know, there's some stories in the Bible, we don't even get the name. Woman at the well. What's her name? She's a woman at the well. That's all we know. But we get Simeon. And um, that in itself is special. But what do we know about him? We know that he's older. We know that um, it says that he's devout, that he's righteous, and why is this? How do we? Why? How can this man be devout and righteous? When it says he was, the spirit was upon him. 
And so here's a, here's a believer, someone who's clinging to the promises of God, clinging to the promises that God made from Genesis 3.15. I will bring, you know, there will be a seed of the woman that will crush the head of the serpent. The promise to, to Abraham that through him will the nations be blessed. That, and the, the promise that David would have a son that would sit on the throne forever. He, he, he knew the Messiah was coming. He, he had read the scriptures. He was devout. And he was waiting and trusting in these promises because he was filled with the Spirit. By the way, that is why you and I believe, isn't it? Not because you're smarter than most. Not because you just, you're, you're just, you just more spiritual. The Holy Spirit has changed my heart. He's entered in and given me the ability through the light of the gospel that we've been talking about to, to see the depth of my sin and see the, the truth of the scriptures. And, and I, I'm, I'm, because I, that's been illuminated by the Holy Spirit, I believe and you believe. This Holy Spirit was upon him. And because of that, it made him devout, faithful to the Scripture, righteous, trying to, not perfectly righteous, but desiring to love people well according to the Scripture. And also it gave him his desire. His heart's desire was what? The consolation of Israel. The consolation of Israel. He wanted that. What does that mean? Well, the word translated as consolation in the Greek means setting free. He longed for the freedom of his people. You know, we, we've been reading about the Exodus, and you're like, well, the, Exodus, the people of, our, of Israel have been set free, right? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before, they were, they were set free. And what, what, is he, what is he talking about? Well, as he lives there now, as he's, as he's living in Israel, think about Israel. They're under Roman rule. So there's political uh, oppression. They are not uh, a free people. They're under subjugation of Rome. But also there's spiritual oppression. They're, they're, the, the Sanhedrin, there's, there's, a, there's a kind of really far-left liberal uh, group, uh, the Sadducees. There's a really tight-to-the-right, very legalistic group, the Pharisees. They, and they kind of have... The, and the politics and the religions all tied together, and they are, they rule, and they rule with you know really harshness. The, the the Sadducees are in the you know have in the pockets of the Romans, and the Pharisees are oppressive, and have reinterpreted the law and expanded the law and made it as though if you keep this law, then that's how you are saved. And so there's there's oppression. There's there's slavery. Um, even in this post-Exodus people, post-exile Israel, they're still under oppression, and so he longs for the freedom, and he's been, and he knows that the the source of that freedom can only be found in who the Messiah. He's not longing for the next king, the next someone better than um, than Herod. He's not longing for the next for the next chief priest. He's longing for the promised king. Because that's where the true freedom lies. So we learn about this about Simeon, but in addition, we also we also learn of the nature of the mission of Jesus. Don't we? We, learn, we see the, the nature of his mission. 
So he sees Jesus and takes him up. Now, just the, the, the parents in the room, think about being a new parent, your first kid. You're in a crowded, say you're in a crowded church. This is kind of, I'm trying to put it in our, and you're, you're coming with the baby for the first time to the church, and some older man just comes up and grabs your baby. Think about that, you know, like, like I'm not going back to this church. You know, that's probably your, you know, I, I think how I would react if I were Joseph, be like, what? no, you know, I, I'd fight him, I don't know what I would do. Anyway, but um, he takes him up, and also think about this, how did he know, I mean, there are a lot of people with babies, and birds and lambs there. And he makes a beeline to this poor couple with his baby. And you know, let's just be honest, all babies look alike, really, don't they? I mean, not your baby. Your baby's the prettiest baby. But um, not your, your baby's the best looking. Uh, but babies kind of look alike, you know. And, and so what... How, Again, the Spirit led him. It's not chance. You know, I don't think he was going around doing this to every baby, you know. Uh, no. Uh, no, he didn't, you know. Uh, but he, he knew through the guidance of the Spirit, just like, just like John knew in the womb of Elizabeth, he's in the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he, he went to him, he takes him up, and he starts singing. There's poetry here. He's rejoicing in the goodness of, of what he's beholding of this, this promised Messiah. And, he's, and he gives us his mission. Um, he says he's a light of revelation to the Gentiles, the whole world. You know, he, He's a light to the Gentiles, which means to everyone. He means this, this person he's holding is going to draw all the peoples to himself, to God. That God has now shown Himself in His in the incarnate Son of God. He has been revealed, Emmanuel, God with us. It's now fully realized, and now there is joy not just to God's ethnic people, Israel, but joy to the whole world. Just like we love to sing, has come. The Lord has come. The world now is going to be brought in through the mission of Jesus. The next thing he says is that not only is this a, a light of revelation for the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. He's not, he's not leaving behind uh, ethnic Jews. He's not leaving behind his, the people, the descendants of Abraham. But actually, this is the pinnacle. This is really the, the glory, the blessing. How would Abraham bless the nations? Here he is. This is the seed of the. I mean, imagine holding. This is the seed of the woman foretold in the after in the fall of Adam and Eve. This is the 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 way in which Abraham would bless the nations. This is the the king who would sit on the throne forever, and he's holding him in his hands. And this is the true glory of Israel that they are the source of the Messiah. Wow, and, and he's going to bring the consolation that, that, that Simeon and many others, many, many, many saints throughout the generations have longed for. He is going to bring it. 
Um, so his, my eyes have seen your salvation. He's going to bring the, the, the consolation, the, the freedom. And, and then he says, and this is the part you don't want to hear as a parent. He says, behold, this is verse 34. This child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. That sounds good. For a sign that is opposed. So he is going to come through and do this through opposition. And we know the story and we know how it plays out. And we know that this came true, that the sword will pierce through your own soul as well. Talking to Mary and Joseph. They're going to see their son hurt. They're going to see him struggle through opposition, through political opposition, through the religious opposition. Think about all the, all the, all the stories, all the um, parables were told, to pushing against this, this, the Pharisees and legalism, through the opposition of Satan. And think about, think about the, the, his, in the wilderness and standing toe-to-toe with the devil and, 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 and trusting in the Lord's promises. And then on the cross itself as he, as he endures this, this, this punishment, this death that has been wrought and, and done and brought about by Satan as he uses Judas and uses uh, Pilate that is through opposition and through his death that he will bring this consolation. Simeon knows that. Simeon foretells it. He does it with joy because he knows that the mission will be completed, it will be kept. Jesus, uh, Simeon tells us, we learn who he is, we learn the, 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 the mission of Jesus. We also learn about Simeon's heart. Again, he, he takes him up and looks at this baby, looks him in the face, and instead of going, oh, so cute, you know, like what y'all do with babies, right? He. He looks at him and sings and rejoices and gives praise to God. And then he, he says he can die in peace. Because Yahweh has kept his word. You know, sometimes we've done this in jest. I've heard people do this in jest. Like, people go, you know, if Georgia can just win a national championship, I can die in peace. You know, you're, I'm not saying Rick said that. <laughs> But um, now it's two, right? You're never satisfied. Now it's you've got to have two. It's probably going to happen. Anyway, but, um, you know, we say that all the time. If, if this just happened, I could just be, I, I'm good. We don't really mean it, though. It's not really the longing of our heart. But he says, because I have seen this child, because I've seen the Messiah, I can die in peace. And if you're young, you go, man, that's, 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 I don't know if I can say that. If you're, you know, 30 and younger, you're like, you can't get in that mind space. But if you've lived it long enough, you feel the oppression. <laughs> you've, you've lived it long enough and, and, and felt the hurt and the hardships and the struggle. And you go, I get it, Simeon. <laughs> I get it. You've lived long enough to realize that all the stuff and all the things you thought you were living for, like those presents on Christmas morning, really just don't satisfy. And Simeon's lived long enough to get a lot of presents, do a lot of things, experience a lot in life. And he's come to the point where, no, 
the most important thing, the ultimate thing, is God redeeming, saving, setting free His people. That, that's always and forever, that's the thing I want most today. That's what I want most in my life. And he's seen it, the pinnacle of his life. He's holding Jesus. Now, let me ask you, how, how can Simeon say that right now? How can Simeon say that right now? Uh, uh, Jesus is around 40 days old. He's a, month, he's a month old. Think about holding a one-month-old. There's been no preaching, there's been no parables, there's been no miracles, there's been no, there's been no walking on the water, there's been no bringing people from the dead, there's been, there's been no healings, there's been, there's been nothing. There's just this, a, a, 30, a, a one month old. And, and what does a one month old do? Make sounds and keep you up, right? I mean, that's really, I mean, they're not really contributors. I mean, you know, like... They don't, they don't help around. They, they, they're just a little cute bundle of need, right? I mean, Jesus hasn't done anything yet. But what Simeon gets something so important, something you and I need to realize. He can say, I've seen your salvation. Because salvation is not something Jesus does, it's who he is. It's not something he does, it's who he is. He says, I'm in the presence of God incarnate. Jesus is not the bringer of light, what? He is the light. He is the life. Jesus is love. He is consolation. He's seen it. He's seen salvation in this person this incarnate, the incarnate Son of God, Jesus, at 41 days old, is Simeon's salvation. The one he holds in his arms is his salvation. The one who's there for his redemption fee to be paid will give his life as a ransom for many. The one whose birth has brought about the need for his mother to offer sacrifices of purification will shed his own blood for the cleansing of the sins of all his people, not just Jews, but also Gentiles. Jesus has come to bring cleansing from sin, freedom. And Simeon rejoices as he holds him. Now, third point, what is your response to Jesus today? He says, when this happens, when the coming of Jesus says, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So what, what is your heart's desire? That's what Jesus comes to do. It says, through this opposition, through the cross, through, through this death and resurrection, it says, many, the, truth, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. What's your thoughts toward God today? What is your heart's desire Are you here to, to punch a card? To clock in and clock out? That's, that's, the, that's, that's how the Pharisees thought. I'm going I'm to do obedience. I'm going to do the thing so that, okay, 
I'm here. I'm here. It's Advent. I should especially be here at Advent time. I'm definitely going to be here at Christmas. Uh, I don't know. It's on you know, Sundays, Christmas morning. That's going to be hard. Anyway, uh, you, am I just, are you punching the card? So if you're doing that, then your heart's desire is to achieve your own righteousness and to feel good about yourself because of what you do for God. That ain't the gospel. That's not the hope of Christmas. That's not the joy of the nations. It, it's not that you can punch enough cards, you can do enough. No. Is it, I'm coming to, I want to know Jesus so I can get what He has. I want to get what He can offer. I want to get what He can give me. Are you, are you viewing Jesus as a means to an end? Has does Jesus come just to fulfill your expectations of what you think your life should be? And so if I get a little Jesus... It'll all work out to my better for me. That's viewing Jesus as a commodity. That's something Rick and I have talked about. Do, do we see him as something that just to enhance the plan for your life? Our prayer is, is for you and for me that God will show us that. And I, what I want to say is like, I'm not, I'm not accusing you of being Christian. I'm not accusing you of being an unbeliever. I'm saying... Recognize the conflict in your own heart. Recognize, I'm trying, you know, as I come to this text, I'm recognizing the conflict in my own heart because I see Simeon's response and I go, that, that's true for me. And there's part of me, my flesh, that is looking to other things. There's this conflict. And so what I'm asking you to do, Christian, this morning is to go, where am I, where am I, Attentions, my my loves, my heart's desire. Where are they? Where are they being pulled away from Christ? And I want you to see what they don't compare. And two, be reminded of the beauty of Christ. Not that just what He gives or what He does, but it's who He is. It's God with us. He has come to save us. He has come to 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 save not only Israel, but all His people. And my prayer is that the same Holy Spirit that revealed the true nature and mission of Jesus to Simeon would reveal the same thing to us this morning. Look, Jesus has come. Look to Him and to Him alone. Look to Jesus and see your salvation. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank You for Your Word this morning. We thank you for Simeon's, by the, by the work of your Spirit, his confidence in your promise, that he got to see the fulfillment of your promise. And Lord, that we who are united to you by faith, of a gift of faith you have given, that we live on the other side of your coming. We know that you are a God who's faithful, and we know how you would be faithful and keep your promise by redeeming your people through the atoning work of the incarnate God, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for loving us enough to send your Son. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us enough to, to lay down your life for, uh, to be a ransom for many. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing us who Jesus is and drawing us to him in the light of the gospel. We are blessed in you, Lord Jesus. Help us to remember that. Help us to see that. And help that to be driven home in our hearts all the more as we take of the supper together. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.